Hi, thanks for joining me today on the Apologist Bookshelf. Gary Zacharias here. I wanted to do a book that's been around about almost 20 years. It's called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Note on the front of it says one million copies sold. Um, Stu Weber, who's a pastor and an author himself, said other than the Bible, this may be the single most life-changing book you'll ever read. Other people that really enjoy it, Rick Warren says the best book on heaven I've ever read, Jerry Jenkins, Johnny Erickson Tata, and many others. And you're probably already familiar with uh, Randy Alcorn, but he's a New York Times bestselling author, uh, author of more than 40 books. Isn't that incredible? Uh, books have sold over 8 million copies, translated into 60 languages. Uh, he's been a guest on more than 700 radio, television, and online programs. Incredible. So here's somebody with uh, quite a track record of putting out books that people want to read and things that he wants to talk about. Now, maybe a question would come to mind. I know he, I even thought about it. I was flipping through the book, and I thought, well, my podcast is called The Apologist Bookshelf. And in a sense, he does not argue for the existence of heaven or the existence of God. He just assumes there is a heaven, but just tries to explain what it's like. So that that sounds more theological than apologetic in nature. So I need to just say something at the beginning here. He talks about the, the ways that we don't understand heaven and how that changes us and makes us think in odd ways. And I think that's a really good point that we don't understand it. And I think from the especially from a non-Christian perspective, I think their view, which he'll get into in a minute here, their view of heaven is what many of us thought at one time, and it really ruins the whole idea of heaven. So his first chapter is called, Are You Looking Forward to Heaven? Now you'd think, well, yeah, but not necessarily, and I think this applies to non-Christians. Now he's aiming this book at Christians, or at least those considering Christianity, but I think it really goes to the those that are uh, hardcore against Christianity. I think one of the reasons is how they picture heaven. So he's the question is here, are you looking forward to heaven? It says a pastor once confessed to me, whenever I think about heaven, it makes me depressed. I'd rather just cease to exist when I die. And so Randy says, why? And this guy says, I can't stand the thought of the endless tedium to float around in the clouds with nothing to do but strum a harp. It's also terribly boring. Heaven doesn't sound much better than hell. I'd rather be annihilated than spend eternity in a place like that. Isn't that sad? But I'll tell you, I think it's a pretty typical response from a lot of people. And again, I think it's a response that a non-Christian would make. Really? You want me to go to heaven so I can just sit there and kind of vegetate for eternity? Um, let me just... <laughs> this is kind of funny. He's got a... Um, far side cartoon that he illustrates here it's by gary larson he says in it a man with angel wings and a halo sits on a cloud doing nothing with no one nearby says he looks like he's marooned on a desert island and here's the caption these are his inner thoughts wish i'd brought a magazine okay well that's really sad he says you know we have been we've been promised a resurrected life in a resurrected body with the resurrected Christ on a resurrected earth. So that's pretty amazing if you really think about it. How great is that? Uh, this is God's idea for how we should be spending eternity. 
Uh, one British theologian that he quotes says, I pity the man who never thinks about heaven. And Randy says, well, I pity the man who never thinks accurately about heaven. He said it's our inaccurate thinking that he believes has caused people to not really think much about heaven. And again, I think this applies to non-Christians. They don't see any huge goal in getting to heaven if it's sitting around on clouds kind of staring off into space wishing they brought a magazine. Um, <laughs> an overwhelming majority of Americans, this is a Barna Research Group poll that he mentions, an overwhelming majority of Americans continue to believe there's life after death and heaven and hell exist. But what they believe it is all over the place. They, it says they cut and they paste religious views from all sorts of sources, TV, movies, conversations. So he said uh, you end up with a real subjective theology of the afterlife. It's not connected at all with the biblical doctrine of hell. Um, I, like, I like anybody that can give me an analogy, an illustration, an example, a story. So he says, imagine you're part of a NASA team. You're preparing for a long mission to Mars. You've had all this training. You've checked out all the equipment. And the launch date finally arrives. And as the rocket lifts off, one of your fellow astronauts says to you, what do you know about Mars? Can you imagine shrugging your shoulders and saying, oh, nothing, we never really talked about it. I guess we'll find out when we get there. He says, that's crazy. That's unthinkable. It's inconceivable that you wouldn't have spent a long period of time preparing for your ultimate destination. But he says seminaries, Bible schools, churches all across the U.S., around the world, he said there's very little teaching about our ultimate destination, the new heavens and new earth. And he says many Christians have gone to church all their adult lives. They don't hear anything, not one sermon on heaven. He said, oh, sometimes it's mentioned, but it's never developed as a topic. We're told how to get to heaven, and that's a better destination than hell, but we're not told much about heaven itself. And uh, Randy makes a good point here. He says, how can we set our hearts on heaven when we have an impoverished theology of heaven? How can we expect our children to be excited about or stay excited about when they grow up? I think that's really good. He says he blames Satan as far as uh, why we have misconceptions about it. Uh, he doesn't want us to be excited about it. He said he wants us to think it's a boring, unearthly existence, and then that'll rob us of our joy. That'll rob us of our anticipation. We'll shift our focus on this life and not the next, and we won't be motivated to share our faith. Why? Here we go again about the non-Christian. Why should we share the good news that people can spend eternity in a boring, ghostly place that even we're not looking forward to? Good point, huh? Yeah. He says uh, Satan uh, can't keep us from Christ's redemptive work, but he can keep us from seeing the breadth and depth of redemption that goes uh, to the earth and beyond. He says another reason that uh, we have misconceptions about heaven, he said it's naturalism. Of course, that means uh, the belief that the world is uh, understandable only in scientific terms. Nothing super supernatural, nothing spiritual. This is it, just the physical world. And yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? So we succumb, all of us, even Christians, to these naturalistic assumptions that everything that we see around us, that's what's real. And if we don't see it, that's not real. So God can't be real. We don't see him. And heaven can't be real. We can't see it. He says, but we have to recognize our blindness. I think that's a good point. Recognize our blindness. The blind must take by faith that there are stars in the sky. 
if they had to depend on their ability to see, and they can't, they will conclude there are no stars. He said, we've got to resist the bewitching spell of naturalism. And I think that's all around us these days. So again, do you see how this does connect to apologetics, that we, the, the, the worldview that's so popular now is a naturalistic worldview. So trying to convince people there is such a thing as heaven means that we better know what heaven really is so that people would really want it. I do a talk about why Christianity and that sometimes before we argue for the truth of Christianity, we have to argue for why it would be good if Christianity was true. And I think this is a good point here. We want to argue one reason that we would want people to uh, think about Christianity and at least consider it is what are some of the promises of Christianity? Well, certainly relief from guilt. That's a huge one. But another one is for a destination, a place that we're going to go to. And we have to understand what heaven is really like. And I talk like I'm on board with Randy and understand all of this. I don't at all. And that's why I really appreciate this book. It's healthy. It's meaty. It's got so many good things in it. So I'm not saying I understand all of this. I, I think it's great. It's been revealing a lot of material to me. Well, let me continue then, if I can, with uh, just a little bit here. He's got a second chapter called Is Heaven Beyond Our Imagination? He says we need to use our imagination. He says <clears throat> nearly every notion that he presents in this book was stimulated and reinforced by biblical texts. And uh, so he said, we run into problems. Here we go. I, I think this is a really interesting section of this chapter. <clears throat> he says, next time you hear somebody say to you, we can't begin to imagine what heaven will be like, you can say to them, I can. He says, well, what about some objections? People say, oh, come on. You really can't know much about heaven, can you? So as an example, a pastor visited his office and said, what are you writing? Oh, a book on heaven. Well, he said, Scripture says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. What are you going to talk about? I guess we don't know anything about heaven. That's 1 Corinthians 2.9. But Randy said, <clears throat> I told him what I tell other people. You didn't complete the sentence. Read verse 10. Here's what it says. So at first it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, uh, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Here's the rest of it. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. So this revelation is God's word, which tells us what God has prepared for us. And he said, uh, talking about Randy here, Alcorn, he said he's written, uh, read a lot of books on heaven. And he said, I just cringe. He said, it's actually the opposite of what people are using it for. God has explained to us what heaven is like. Not exhaustively, Randy points that out, not exhaustively, but accurately. It's in God's Word. It does talk about heaven. See, that's one thing that really surprised me. I don't. I never think there's much about heaven. And Randy, all the way through here, backs up what he's saying with verses, just tons and tons of verses. So I think that's great. He says, here's another silencer to try to tell people, oh, we really don't know anything about heaven. It's 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 to 4. Paul says, 14 years earlier, he was caught up to paradise and then he said he heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. So Randy says, some people say, see, we shouldn't be discussing what heaven's like. But he points out, all it says is God didn't permit Paul to talk about his visit to heaven, but God commended the apostle John to take, talk about his visit to heaven. That's in the book of Revelation. Isaiah and Ezekiel also wrote about what they saw in heaven. 
So God's thoughts are higher than ours, certainly. That's what it says in Isaiah, and his thoughts much higher than our thoughts, sure. But when God reduces his thoughts into words and puts them in Scripture, he expects us to study them and meditate on them and understand them. So I think what I will do is stop at this point. I want to come back to other chapters in here, things like, is heaven our default destination or is it hell? Uh, things like, why is earth's redemption essential to God's plan? Why is resurrection so important? What's this new Jerusalem that's going on? What's that city going to be like? What, are, what will our bodies be like? What, what will our lives be like? What, what would it be like daily to live like that? Uh, what, what about our relationships? Even animals? What are we going to do in heaven? So he covers all of these things in uh, over 400 pages. You, you probably want a little bit at a time because it's very thought-provoking. I love this book, Heaven by Randy Alcorn. All right, well, have a good day, and we'll do, I certainly want to come back to this book again. Have a good day. Talk to you later.